Our prayer for illumination. God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out upon us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that, being taught by you in Holy Scripture, our hearts and minds may be opened to know the things that pertain to life and holiness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The scripture reading this morning is from James 5, 13 through 20. It can be found in the Sanctuary Bible on page 231 of the New Testament. Let's take a moment to turn to that now. Listen now for God's living word. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if any one among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, You should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the month of September, we have been preaching and engaging the Word of God through the book of James. And today is our last day. We read the final pericope, the final section of the scripture that closes out the book of James. So as we approach a conversation about this text, let us approach it with prayer. Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your Spirit. Amen. Now, the tradition among the Celtic Christian community from about a thousand years ago suggested that heaven and earth are about three feet apart. 
I'm curious how they measured it. I don't know, but this is what they say. A thin place, on the other hand, is closer. Those three feet begin to come together. In the Iona community in Scotland, it's a small island, Iona, about three miles long by one mile wide, and there is an abbey there and a community, an ecumenical community, that resides on this island that is steeped in the traditions of Celtic Christianity from the ancient times. In their prayers and in the language that they use, there's a phrase that they sometimes say, which is, heaven and earth might shake hands in these thin places. The implication here is that in such a place, with such an experience, the sense that God is close is felt a little more readily. The sacred draws nearer than we might normally recognize, and the holy descends upon people, and the space between us and God is diminished enough that we sense that God is present more fully. It is not unusual for thin places to be described in terms other than location, though. While location might be the tradition, there are relationships and communities that can be thin spaces. There are activities or prayers that are gateways into this kind of experience of what is sacred. There are life events that happen in our lives that we might not have language for other than our ability to say that God is near. Human lives, we know, contain multitudes of experience that cross these kinds of expanses. Whatever the distance is between us and God, God turns to us with a desire for a connection. God blesses people and communities of people together. So when something creates distance between people in community, we turn to one another seeking a connection that brings us back together, that begins to reestablish the unity that exists in community. When James begins writing this book of wisdom, it's where we began the first Sunday in September, he writes it with stating an intended purpose. If we go back to the first Sunday in this series that we've been working through, we can go to James chapter 1, verse 25, to hear the reason why James is writing. And James wants people of faith to know this. Those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, that is to say the ways that, that God calls people toward faith, if people look for this way of life, this way of faith, and persevere, it means that they become doers who act. Those who listen for God become blessed in their doing, their activity of living out their faith. And this purpose, 
was intended for a particular audience as well. James wrote this wisdom as he called out to them the 12 tribes in dispersion. Now, scholars disagree exactly what the 12 tribes in dispersion means. There's some clear allusions to the 12 tribes of Israel and to exile and, 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 and other types of allusions here, but, but it has the sense that James is addressing those who are following Jesus wherever they live, scattered throughout the world, And wherever they go, whatever nation they are a citizen of, that the people, though they might be scattered far across different lands, they might still live their faith and live out their desire for God's wisdom as people together despite these great expanses between them. So for James, as we've heard each week, Faith is a way of life. And a life of faith contributes to God's work of blessing. Now in chapter 5 in our scripture today, James points out some areas of life that call for blessing. James points out some, some things like in suffering and in good cheer, in illness and in forgiveness, in many parts of life, We bless one another. So when someone is experiencing suffering or hardship, we bless them with prayer. When someone is cheerful and celebrating, we bless them with songs of praise offered to God. Or with words of gratitude alongside them. When people are sick, we bless them with prayer and surround them with the community of care. And when people have hurt one another or have done wrong, we bless one another with acts of forgiveness. As the church, as the people of faith, we bless as God has blessed us. We are called to do this by God, who is the one who takes the first action in creating blessing. Now, the word used for blessing in the book of James is the same root word used in the Gospel of Matthew in the Beatitudes. It's the word makarios. It's fun to say. Makarios. And when the word is applied to something, it has the sense of something expanding, of of something that is extending in terms of distance, growing longer. It has a sense of growing and becoming bigger. And such experiences of blessing, such experiences of becoming doers of God's word, of being stewards of God's way of life here on earth, might then feel like an experience of entering a thin space. The connection between what is earthly and what is sacred and heavenly, it might just bridge the distance between people and communities. It might shrink the space between us. 
it might feel like the actions that James names, prayer and praise and healing and forgiveness, might draw us all closer it might to be one another. Acts of blessing that draw us as well in these experiences together that draw us nearer to God as well. Such blessing might be the gift of entering through the doors into the room of a thin space. Barbara Brown Taylor, an Episcopal priest and writer, she tells a story where she witnessed blessing. It was like a thin space. She tells the story of her husband talking to her father in a private moment as her father lay in bed nearing the end of his life. She writes this. As I watched my husband Ed reaching up and put one of his big hands on top of my father's hand to make sure it did not slip off. And then he held still while my father's lips moved, and after he stood up, he leaned over to say something else in my father's ear. What was that? She said. I asked when he came back to slump against me, what was that? I asked him to bless me, Ed said. I asked him to give me his blessing. When she reflected on witnessing this exchange between her husband and her father, she wrote, this kind of blessing prayer is called a benediction. It comes at the end of something to send people on their way. All I am saying is that anyone can do this, Brown Taylor writes. Anyone can ask and anyone can bless whether anyone has authorized you to do it or not. Because there is a real shortage of people willing to kneel wherever they are and recognize this holiness. The world needs you to do this, she writes. world needs to do this because holding its sometimes bony, often tender, always life-giving hand above their heads. It is this that we are able then to bless one another after all. And it is evidence that we have been blessed. Whether we can remember when or not that we are willing to bless one another is a miracle enough to stagger the stars, she writes. Blessings come at beginnings and they come at endings. Blessings are offered when life is changing. Blessings enlarge our lives. They bridge gaps. They inspire transformations. Blessings are the work of God's sacred presence among us. And these are offered through the love of God, given by God, but also given by one person to another. Blessings set in motion a moment 
of revealing of the wisdom of God. In a few moments, we all are about to engage in an act of blessing. We, as a community of faith, as a church, have accepted, have extended to people who have accepted God's call to serve as elders and deacons, as spiritual leaders in the church. And each of them are unique in God's call. Each one is blessed with a faithful identity and gifts that are all their own. And in our church, we ordain and call, we call and ordain people into ministry who are diverse in character. There is no barrier in this place to God's call other than faithfulness, other than the willingness, as James instructs, to listen for God's wisdom on behalf of the church and its people, and then act on what they hear. So this group of people who will stand before you in a few minutes looks a lot like our church. They are diverse in age, race, gender, sexual orientation, talent, and personality. Our church's leadership as a whole looks to me to be about as close to what the kingdom of God might look like in a single church. I'm grateful for these people accepting this call and joining others who have before them. I'm grateful for what they do, for their faithfulness, for who they are and who they are to the church. I'm grateful for the people that God has made them to be. I'm grateful that they will serve the church with energy and intelligence and imagination and a whole lot of love. So we're going to do the work of blessing them as they take on this responsibility. Some days they are going to make such exciting decisions as approving snowplow contracts and budgets. But on other days, they will be praying for the church and our community. On some days, it will be Christian education curriculum and establishing our family ministries for the year. And on others, it will be caring for those who are, who are hospitalized and for those who are grieving. On some days, it will be worship schedules and building use. And on others, it will be about serving the community about issues of race or poverty in the city. In all of these tasks, whatever comes before them as the body of Christ, as the leaders of the church, they will be required to apply their deep sense of faithfulness, to draw on the wellspring of God's grace that has been placed in their lives, and they will need to listen for the voice of God's wisdom, as James calls all of us to listen for. So, truth be told, they need your blessing. It is a gift to serve, and it's a challenge to serve. 
They need your blessing that you can extend to them as the body of Christ, as the people of God, the kind of blessing that James calls us to bless one another with. Because on a day down the road, they will be turning to all of us with their own blessing, the blessing of their ministry as deacons and as elders, the blessing of their ministry as spiritual leaders for the people of faith, the blessing of their ministry to which God has called them through you, the people. So may you know God's blessing today and every day. May you offer God's blessing to the world because anyone can offer that blessing having once received it. May you bless the world and enlarge it with your love, shrinking the distance between us. May you do this always giving thanks to God, the one who blesses us first.